What's up, everybody? We're back again with another edition of Beers on the Gridiron. I'm your host, Connor the Cat, with my co-host, as always, Tommy Hello. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a real card. Yeah, hey, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. You expect that it's Tommy Tomatoes. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. how you doing? Or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi there. How you doing? I mean, I guess it's good to mix it up a little bit, but I just felt like <laughs> I was like, are you, are you missing the energy? Are you, are you missing the energy? Missing the energy. Hey, how you doing? There it is. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to go. All right, Tommy, how we doing today? I'm doing okay, man. So, uh, you know what? I just want to get right into it. I got a few things I want to talk about. First, uh, well, we are a beer podcast, and anyway, I forgot to post up the picture from last week, but uh, we reviewed it, so listen to last week's pod if you want to know what we think about it. But it was the uh, Future Hop IPA by Voodoo Ranger. Uh, go review it. It's in our uh, last pod, but I'm going to post up pictures while I let you guys know, give them some exposure. Anyway, so let's start off with saying, hey, Connor, our Michigan Wolverines take it down Ohio State, baby. Hey. Love to hey, see it, dude. What a game. Love to see it. They demolished from the demolished. start of the game to the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, they, they controlled that game. They did, and it was snowy and cold. I, I love it, it dude. It was perfect. And, uh, I mean, and then I watched just, Penn State, Michigan State afterwards, oh, and that was all snowy. Oh, and that was awesome, too. I know. And, I mean, off of that game, which he had a great performance, but a lot of the mock drafts now are Aiden Hutchinson going number one. I know, dude. The, the top pass rusher. And like, well, good. Maybe honest, the Oregon guy can drop down a little what, bit. That's, what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. But like, to be honest with you, because I've always, I, I've said this pretty much all year, I'm like, Aiden Hutchinson is the second best pass rusher in the country. And that was like a, this, that's how good he is. Like, he's really that good. But it was yeah. like, Thibodeau was like that guy. And honestly, now I, I would probably say, I think Hutchinson is the best pass rusher he was unbelievable yeah. on Saturday. He would have yeah, 14 pressures or something insane like Three that. Sacks, uh, he like, was just all over like the freaking backfield in this game. Just a monster. Yeah. Just a monster. It was just a very, very awesome game to watch if you're a Michigan fan, yeah. which we both are. The Wolverines. Yeah. And uh, I'd probably say it's Harbaugh's job. For sure. Well, for sure. well, actually, maybe even not because you got guys like James Franklin getting extensions for 10 yeah, years. Exactly. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, but, you know. I doubt they would probably ever get rid of them. No, I, mean, I mean, right now they're number two in the country. Yep. Maybe Iowa in the Big Ten Championship this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're, they're set. Absolutely, they're dude. Set. And I'm telling you, this team could this team could go all the way. Yeah, like, they, they could. They absolutely like, could. Their defense is good enough. Yeah. You know, the offense is well-balanced, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And they, they yeah. you know, they have, they have a shot. Like you they, said, they really do. They, they have a legitimate shot to win this. And we're going to be there the whole way, Connor. We are. Yeah. All right. So, week 12 NFL season. Connor, what do you want to get into first? You want to jump right into this Giants Eagles talk, or you want us to go in a different direction here? We can, we can jump right into it if you'd like. All right. So, first and foremost, I'll go first because, yeah. you know, you had the victory this, this past weekend. So, good for you guys for actually doing that. Yeah. Um, I, it was, it, regardless, I, I think I can honestly say this was a waste of three hours of time on, on both fan bases' behalf. It was a very rough game, and um, I see a lot of uh, well, actually mixed stuff going on Twitter and all that st- and all the uh, all those other platforms regarding Jalen Hurts. Some people have his back no matter what. Some people are out on him, and you know some people blame like Nick Sirianni's run the pass up like you know uh, play calling ratio. But you know it's okay. It's it's a bad game, and hey, sometimes you come out there and you shit the bed. Yeah. And the Eagles aren't a good team. And we all knew this, but we got our expectations a little hampered by what we saw from them beating Denver and then beating the Saints. But let, let's just not kid ourselves here. This is a team where most of us, including myself, picked the Lions to beat them. 
yeah. just a short month ago. Yeah. You know, I was I was convinced that the Lions were going to beat them. So who really can honestly say that they're that all of a sudden really good team where they should just like blow the Giants out of the water, you know? Yeah. If they don't show up to play, they're not they're not going to win. That's it, you know. And they didn't show up to play. Jacksonville beat Buffalo nine to six. That's mm-hmm. all I have to say. Right? Absolutely, this happens. Yeah, it it, it happens. Like it, it, it's the NFL, and like it happens every year. But I mean, this year alone, like the amount of teams that have just like like the Jets beating the Titans, like you know, it, it, it literally almost every good team has lost to a, a severe, like a hugely inferior team. Absolutely, like, it, it happens all the time. Yeah. You lose games you should win, and you know, people are around us saying that the Eagles should beat the Giants, and maybe they should have, but I mean, are the Eagles really that much better than the New York Giants? I think they're both like very... They're close, they're, they're both having similar. their struggles, they're both having their problems, and... I think the Eagles offense is better than the Giants offense, I think the Giants defense is better than the Eagles defense. Right. But, like, again, I, I just, I don't think either or are very good teams as of yet. I think the Eagles are better than the Giants. Um, I think they've shown more potential yeah. um, with the way they can score points and the Giants cannot score points. And sorry, like I don't care how good your defense is in, in this league, can't score points, you're not a good team. You're Absolutely. And, you know, people point out that Jalen Hurts threw more than he should have this game, but, I mean, he only threw the ball 31 times, which is, like, you know, pretty below average yeah. for the NFL nowadays. Yeah. And if Jalen Hurts wants this job, you're going to have to throw 31 to 35 times, yeah. you know, in a game and succeed at it. And he didn't succeed this game. So this game really started out pretty bad. You kind of knew where this was going, where both offenses, I think, went three and out to start the game. You knew it was going to be a slot. Yeah, you did, yeah, exactly. You just you just really had that feeling. And it was cold and it was just, it was just ugly. But credit to both defenses, though. They held the teams, like, down, you know, to... Giants 13, Eagles 7, so there's a credit there, um, which I'm going to call it. So I'm not going to put too, like, of course, I'm going to put this game on Jalen Hurts, and he deserves a lot of criticism because he did something that we're not accustomed to is where he didn't take care of the football at all. And that's one thing he was always, like, like you know, given shout-out to was that he would take care of the football. He wasn't going to turn the ball over or put the ball in harm's way. And he did exactly that. So a couple things stood, uh, stood out to me. Um... I'm going to say probably the thing that I can't get out of my head is the end of the half where we have eight seconds on the clock and he's backpedaling as if Nick Foles was back there. If, uh, you know, you guys, I know Nick Foles is our baby and he always will be, but, you know, uh, there was a time where Nick Foles would just backpedal for 12 yards and then chuck the ball up there. And that's just, that's exactly what he looked like. And he threw a Carson Wentz type pass from 2020 and then he got intercepted. And that's just, that, that's just Pop Warner High School football one-on-one. You just can't do that. You take the three points, you go into halftime, and they get the ball after half. Every, like, coach needs to tell their quarterback, which, I, again, I think I, I would have thought that every coach did, but clearly not because I see this all the time. Like, end of the half or, you know, whatever, whatever the scenario may be, it's like, at the end of it, like, look, I'd rather take the three points than no points at all. Absolutely. Like, so if you don't have it there, don't think that you are failing by throwing the ball in the back of the end zone. Yep. Like, honestly, if no if nobody's there, don't force it. Don't try to be a hero. Don't try to, you know, be on top ten or like look how crazy this is. And I can like like if it's there, sure, you know, take a shot if you think you can do it. But like that play right there was a, it was a force like absolutely a force like where Jalen was trying to make something happen for his team 
Um, and, you know, you can say something about, like, that type of player where he really is trying to, you know, make something happen, but take the three-point, because that three-point completely changes the game around. It absolutely does, because, I mean, you got Michael Strahan retiring his jersey at halftime. Uh, Jalen Hurts, of course, as we just mentioned, threw the pick at the end of the half. So the place is amped up. Yeah. Obviously, the momentum's all in the Giants' favor at this point. They're all amped up seeing Michael Strand in the house. You got Eli Manning there. You got David Tyree. You know, a bunch of players just from the Super Bowl teams, you know, who have, uh, you know, been with Michael Strand over the years. But then we get uh, after halftime. And what, is, what happens? We have a couple good plays, get a couple first downs, and then it's a third and two. And it's an incomplete pass. And Jalen Hurts decides to wave the punt team off the field and then go with a fourth and two pass to Jalen Rager. So, I mean, if you're gonna go for it on fourth down and maybe it wasn't communicated because I don't think that Nick actually thought that he was gonna go for it there because Jalen Hurts end up, ended up waving the punt team off the field, but why not run the ball? Right there? First up, fourth and two, do that little, the, the RPO with Jalen just cutting it up. It worked all day. Oh my God. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously at one point, Jalen couldn't throw for shit. Yeah. So what did he do? He took the ball and ran. He had yeah. eight carries, 77 yards, 9.6 yards per carry, and it worked very well. It worked like every single time my clock worked. It did. Uh, that's another thing that pissed me off about the Giants is whenever that works, they stop it. They yeah. stop doing it. Like I know. And it, it, it drives me crazy. But yeah, like that's a perfect scenario to run that play yeah and that's also uh like i say this a lot like when things don't work out or they like if they if things don't work out with a play that makes sense versus things working out with a play that doesn't make sense like for example like if, if a play you know if a fade in the end zone which i'll get into in a little bit but if you throw a fade on fourth down in, into the into the end zone and a guy catches it for a touchdown, I will say, thank God he caught that and it worked out. I'm happy it worked out, but that is a dumb game play call. Like, it is. That is dumb, dumb, dumb. And it is. I do not want them to do it again. And the fact that it worked this time makes me think that they'll have more confidence doing this more often when the success rate is like a percentage. Right. Versus like an RPO for Jalen Hurts in this scenario. Yeah. On a fourth and two, when that play, like, if he were to do that and get stuffed right away, I would be like, you know what? It happens. That's unfortunate. But nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, that play works. And usually it works. With that offensive line? With that offensive exactly. line, you got a good chance. Exactly. So I, I, I love I love where you're thinking. Exactly. exactly. And I totally agree with you. I really do. And um, it's not, And then the second part of a problem I have with that play is you go on a fourth and two on a pass to Jalen Rieger when you have Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard, hell, even Quez Watkins. Yeah. Or screw it, even put Kenny Gainwell in there. I don't yeah. care. You throw to Jalen Rager, who half-ass runs routes, and um, I'm a little fr- I'm well, not a little. I'm very frustrated at him. But we'll get into that too because we're getting there. So um, let's see. I think actually, you know what? I think I'll jump to that now because nothing really else stood out to me. I mean, defense was meh on our side of the ball. I mean, they were okay. I mean, they held the Giants at 13 points. They uh-huh. even tried blitzing a couple of times. I'm sorry to cut you off yeah. there. The Eagles did try blitzing a couple of times, and to Daniel Jones' credit, he, he beat the blitz. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't want to take away uh, any. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from the Eagles' defense. Um, I just, I just don't think I, it, I, it could be the worst defense. Yeah. Football, well, and the Giants will find a way to like. So this game was a little different because, like, I, I was saying this for all of Jason Garrett's tenure. Like, they'll just, they just will not 
figure out ways to get open, like spread the ball. Like it, it, they'll, they'll beat themselves on offense. Right. It's just like the defense will be like, hey, we don't have to do anything. We can just stand here and they'll run right into coverage and they won't have a play. And eventually either Daniel Jones will get sacked or they'll have to force a ball or throw an incomplete pass or whatever. Right. Um, and, and this game, I was like, where everyone was like, oh, let's see what Freddie Kitchens is all about. I was kind of like, you know, I think we're going to get glimpses and like I hope to. I, I expect to get some glimpses, but I'm like, I don't think you're going to see much difference in this game. Like it's the week after, you know, you're probably not adding in a lot of new plays. You're going from Garrett to playbook. Like, right. You're probably going to like, again, it's a different play caller. So that is something to say for it. But I'm like, and you're probably going to practice like maybe a few plays, like based off what you see from tape from the Eagles that you're going to run. But for the most part, like Freddie coming in, like, not that, not that Freddie is the savior or whatever, but I'm like, I I expect him to, you know, open the offense up, you know, each more and more each week Agreed. as we go on. How good it'll be, I have no idea. And like, I don't think it'll be tremendously better, but I expect it to be better. But I wasn't expecting them to all of a sudden just figure it out and put up 31 points this game. Oh, no, of course. So I expect them, like, well, I, I, actually, I don't expect them to put up more than 13 because they don't. Put up points, but they're, I was they're like, not good. I still, I still expected, you know, not expect. I hoped that they would be able to kind of be like, you know, this maybe being like a, at least like a 24-20 game. Either way, yeah, like, yeah, right. Just give me something, please. But I mean, even now, like the fact Chris Myrick and Andrew Thomas have more touchdowns. A hell of a catch, by the way. Kenny, it was a hell of a catch. Than, than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. It's asinine, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into that too with targets and stuff that's being shared around the offense. But I mean, going off of what you just said about the Giants' offense, there's something to be said that we turned the ball over four times and they only got 13 points. Exactly. So exactly. If if we've so I, I agree with you. If we versed anybody else besides probably the Giants, Lions, um, Jaguars, Texans, Jets, we probably would lose this game by 40 to nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, honest. I, I can't. Houston would probably put up. With yeah, Rock, I agree. They probably put up points. I agree. Jets, yeah, I agree with Jacksonville. Yeah, they can't get anything going. Right, um, and Detroit's dealing with an injury with uh, DeAndre Swift and Jared yeah, Goff yeah, on her yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. And even so, they only put up six against us. Yeah, so, yeah, so, you yeah. Know, like, there's they, that. That's another team. Just, yeah, like, yeah. Any other team, I feel like, with what the Giants' defense did, they would have put up, you know, at least twenty something points. Okay. Uh, but uh, and, and like, I, I, I'll just point out too, like. Uh, a couple of things that I saw and liked and disliked from both teams. Uh, one thing is the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in football. Like that offensive line is just so good. We're 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 very good at like drafting. Like everyone's good at drafting their respective like positions and stuff. And then you're really bad at something else. Yeah. That's really yeah. every organization. The Giants are good at drafting defensive tackles. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. But. You know, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean the Eagles. Always, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, the Eagles are always going to have good defensive and offensive fronts because that's what they think succeeds in the NFL. That's what and, they want to have, and it is, and it does. And it yeah, is. it is because and that's something that you build off of. Like yes. no matter where you are, if you're a good team, a bad team, you have a good offensive line. You have something to work with, right? You can, you can find. That's the hardest position group to find. Um, I say position group because it's a unit rather than just one player like a quarterback yeah um but that helps everybody 
on the offense. It helps your quarterback, it helps your receivers, and it definitely helps your running back. Right. Whereas like all the other all the other positions are kind of like dependent positions. Like, you know, wide receiver, you can run you can run a great route, you have great hands, great speed, all that stuff. It matters, you know, can your quarterback get you the ball? Like, right. Can, can, can you guys get the timing right? All that stuff, like whatever. Running back, you know, same thing. But like offensive line, like if you guys are good, like quarterbacks going to be better, running backs going to be better. And the running back being better helps the wide receivers. The wide receivers being better helps the running back. They all help the quarterback. Boom. The offensive line is what you build on. Agreed, agreed. And one thing I want to point out too was, um, I don't know. I just thought I saw I thought this was interesting. All eleven of the Eagles starters on offense were drafted. Yeah, which is incredible. Which is which is cool. Incredible. You know, if they're good, maybe. But you know, I mean, most of them I I think are good because, I mean, you have this past draft where we had uh, you know Landon Dickerson who's un- who's really good, um, and then he, who's getting better every week. And then you have Jack Driscoll last year, who started at right guard these last couple weeks and has done phenomenal. And the thing on him was that he wasn't going to be a good guard. They didn't see him as a guard. They saw more of his tackle. But he's transitioning very well, and that's credit to Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach. But uh, before I forget, I just want to get into this one thing, too. And, like, why don't they like Miles Sanders? I, I'm I, just about to get into that. I'm, I'm trying to understand it. So, I, don't know why, I don't know what it so is. Here's the thing. is like, Boston Scott had a good game. Like 15 carries, 64 yards, you know, 4.3 yards per carry. Yeah. And, you know, he offers a lot. And, like, I get that. Like, he's a fine change of pace. That fumble, though. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, because I think the Eagles have a good shot of winning that game. But even if if they didn't, didn't okay, that brings him to the next point. After that fumble, like, still no Miles Sanders. He had nine carries for 64 yards. How many times do I have to see Miles Sanders average over seven yards per carry? And just not get the ball. Because like, you know what it is? I think I I, I watch him. You know, I, I specifically zone in on him because I know that they don't like him for some reason. And Doug... Banning Sirianni and Peterson's wife? I don't know. I don't know. But I know Doug didn't like him either. He didn't get the ball too much either. It's the same thing from last year. But he doesn't run north, you know? Like, he cuts too much. Oh, that reminds me of someone. Uh, Saquon? Yeah, I know. So I think that's it because Jordan Howard, they love Jordan Howard because he sees the hole and he just runs through it. If he gets tackled for seven yards, okay, cool. That's like Devontae Booker. Right. Where I can actually appreciate that Booker just runs head up. The difference is the Eagles have a good offensive line where Miles Sanders can do that and still gain positive yards. Whereas the Giants have a bad offensive line and Saquon can't do that because you get tackled behind the line. And that's why, like, Devontae Booker's like, I'm just going to put my head down and run straight, and I'll gain, you know, four or five yards every time, and I'm happy with it. But, like, again, the, like, it's situational, but the Eagles have an offensive line where Sanders can, can do that and make it work. And, like, I get, I get your point of, like, having, like, you know, those guys that, you know, run straight ahead, but, I mean... Sanders is averaging over seven yards a carry. I know. I mean, he, he's a good back. He's he's honestly he's he's very explosive. I, I think he's uh, high and away the best running back we have on the roster. But for some reason, they just don't like him. So if you if you're not gonna give the ball to him, just trade him. Yeah. yeah like this all season, just let him go. So and I, actually, I did notice too when I was watching the Giants' offense. Saquon had a few nice plays in there, like yeah, here and there and stuff. Thirty-two yards. But I'm telling you, man, that offense flows pretty nicely with Booker in there. It does. It's, all, it's, year, it's all, all year, all year, it has yeah. been better with Devontae Booker. Right. 
running the ball. So you're going through the same shit I am. Yeah. Because you know you got Miles, you got Miles Sanders, you got Saquon Barkley, two Penn State running backs, two yep. very good backs, yep. and then you got these older guys who have been, you know, on different teams and such, and they're well, performing pretty the, well. The other thing too is just the Giants not playing to their players' strengths. Like Barkley, and this has been his case since he's been in the league. Whereas like his rookie year, yeah, obviously he ran the ball well, but he is such a better receiving back than he is a, a running back. Yes. Like, and they don't they don't have design throwing plays to him. Like he had four catches for 13 yards. Like they don't have screens set up for him. Like they don't do anything like that. The Saints game, they had that wheel route that was beautiful and it ended up like, you know, well, tying the game and then they won it in overtime. But, but then like, you never see it again. Never see it again. Never see it again. Again. But they yeah. do that nonstop. Daniel Jones throwing the ball downfield. It works every time. Yep. Never see it again. Never see it again. Daniel Jones bootleg run. Yep. Works every time. Never do it again. And then they just go back to what doesn't work, hoping that it will work. And it never does. Yeah. And then they're stuck with 13 points. Right. Just praying that their defense can come up big. Absolutely. So I don't know. I just uh, yeah. I think Miles Sanders is gone. So I'll I'll jump to the last play of the game, and this is the one that has probably went viral for the last couple of days, where Jalen Hurts had a wide open Devontae Smith, and he missed him and threw to Baker instead. So let me just say this. So I think a lot played into this on why Devontae Smith didn't get the ball. So. He had, I'll, I'll start off with Bradbury covering him. So Bradbury, he had to step on Bradbury to get the, to get the, to get the ball or have a window to throw in. But Bradbury, as you know, is very good at selling that he might not be there, but he's very good at undercutting stuff. So I don't, I, I think that that played into the throw not getting there. By the time Jalen Hurts probably had enough time to get the ball over there, the safety was already moving in that direction. And let's be real, Jalen, uh, Jalen Rager is open at the, uh, one yard line and it hits him in the hands and he doesn't catch the ball and we lose the game. My my thing is and I'm like, I mean, Oh, I'm sorry, one more thing if yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, and another thing is Myelotta got I love Myelotta, but he got beat on this play pretty bad. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts couldn't step up in the pocket and deliver a good ball to Devontae Smith either. That's it, right? Yeah. Um, and like you know, I'm just looking at like just watching that play um, again. Is that what you're pulling up? Yeah. And the like to the point you're making so Devontae Smith definitely gets past Bradbury, and there is that option there. But first off, you can see McKin- you can't see it on the like on the part where you see Smith beat Bradbury, but you can see on the throw to Rieger that McKinney is back there, and McKinney is going to break on Smith. So he's going to play it. So if Jalen Hurts throws that ball to lofts that up to Smith, McKinney probably has his second pick of the game. I think so too. Um, and the throw to Rager is was perfect throw. Perfect throw. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm stopping it right now. So again, because it, it, this is the last play of the game. It's fourth and ten. Like. It, it's just like it, it, it's it, it's almost kind of like a hail mary like play like you know you you are throwing it you're having like hey I need my receiver to make a play on the ball here so in that respect like it's not like the timing throw or whatever it's I'm throwing the ball up and hoping a guy comes down and catches it and in this case he throws it up where only his receiver can catch the ball Jalen makes a good jump on the ball getting up there because again. 
he, he it's different where if he needed a touchdown, he might he might be short. Maybe he can fight in, but they don't need the touchdown there. I mean, it's 16 seconds, so they have to run up and spike the ball, and they probably have a very few a seconds play, left. If yeah, that, yeah. If, but, if but that. he might get in anyway. But they have a play. Look, a play, on the, one yard, a play on the one yard line, like with two seconds left, last play, like I'll. I, I would take that, like, if anything. But makes a good jump on the ball, and it goes right through his hands. Like, that's a concentration issue. And it goes back to his drop that they had maybe 20 seconds earlier. Yeah, which was right Hit him in the freaking helmet. And see, that was, like, that was the nicest. Like, that was the nicer play. Yes. Because like, Jalen put that perfectly there yes. for him. And this one, again, it was perfectly placed, but it's more of a, like, you know, even it up. I'm not heaving it up, but like I'm, I'm throwing it like, and you have to make a play on the ball. The other one is like, you don't have to do anything, just catch the ball. I'm yeah. It right there in front of you. Um, and he just, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I just don't know with Jalen, I, Rieger, I should say. Um, <laughs> I, Either Jalen, honestly, but. I, I was talking, you know, before that, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of his coming out of college, but I did see some like some abilities like at TCU where he he's good with the ball in his hands like there where yeah. like, you know they ran a lot of screens or have in the slot where he catches he can you know get loose uh but I just haven't seen that at this level and he's just committed far too many mistakes that are, are hurting his team I said it to um, you even before you even started the pod I mean even back to his draft profile where like explosive pump returner you know a blazing speed you see none of that. Absolutely none of it. Because, like, so for some players, be like, okay, you know, like like Hertz, for example, he had a horrible game. But the last drive of the game, he had really two good throws that he put his receivers in a good position to they, catch the ball. And they win that game. Yeah. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Absolutely. Nobody They're going to talk about how Hertz, like, battled back through his demons of That's throwing all I picks. Care about. Exactly. That's all you care about. But with, with Rager, you can't point out something where it's like, okay, we can we can build on this. We, we can make something of this. Like, this is something good for his confidence going forward. And to his credit, you know, when this game ended, he was the first player out of the locker room to talk to the media. Okay, cool. But, like, you know, make the freaking catch, yeah, dude. I was going to say, I was like... If the ball yes. hits you in the hands, there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse. Especially at this level. Yeah, no. Especially at like, this level. You're a first-round draft pick. I mean... That, you're that's not, what it comes down to. Yeah. It's like, you're, you were picked early, you know... And that's not his fault. But at no, the same, but time, at the same it's like, time, like I mean, you, you can't tell me that like you know guys in this draft like up until the fourth round and you know like think that they should be first round picks, right? And have that confidence. If you don't have that confidence, you're probably I wouldn't even say in the wrong sport. You shouldn't be in sports in general. Like, yeah, all these guys have confidence that like they're like I'm good. I'm here for a reason. Right. Like you know good on these teams to pick me and you got to show it but like especially when you're a pick like that you have to prove it to a lot of people and he is proving to be a mistake right and um i I, this is one more this is another knock i'm going to put on hertz too because Devontae smith and dallas goddard combined for seven targets in this game jalen rager had seven targets this game it just can't happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's on Jalen, you know, because I mean, Sirianni's calling the plays, of course. And Sirianni came out and said the last play of the game was to Devonte Smith 
Dallas Garter's the second read, and then Jalen Rager was the third read, I believe. And, so, and the thing is, well, so that's the other thing I wanted to bring up too, where Jalen could have got that ball Devontae where he, kept, he keeps it a little bit low, where he throws to Devontae, and Devontae could have caught it and got out of bounds. Because, again, I, you could see when the ball is thrown to Rager that McKinney was – because he was in the end zone – so he would have either, if that ball was like thrown to like, you know, the, the corner, like the, the pylon, like around that area where that's looked like the trajectory. I know where you're going with this. I agree. He would have picked it or like made a play on it. Right, right. But if they get it to, you know, Devontae Smith and he can catch it and get out of bounds like around the 10 yard line, maybe a little bit further or even just back. Again, I'd rather have one more. And honestly, that probably leaves you maybe with two more plays depending on what you do. Right. Like, you're in. You're inside the ten yard line, and I like your chances a lot better there. And I get it; it's a tough scenario because you're. It is fourth and ten, and there's 16 seconds left. So it's like, uh, you, you know. You I know you don't want. You don't want to risk like, like, like I don't know something. I, I, I don't really know something happened there. But my my bigger thing was like not even just that play. Like I noticed a lot during the game. Like Devontae Smith was was getting open and. Hertz wasn't looking his way. And I was just like, I, I just don't understand that. Cause I, I was asking you, I was like, I, I, told, I told Tom that, you know, you know more about the plays on the Eagles than I do. And I was like, is this a Sirianni thing where it's not designed to go to Smith or like, he's like the second or third progression, but, or I don't know what it is, but like he's getting open and Hertz isn't even looking at it. I know. And I think this is more on Hertz. To, to not get the ball to yeah. Devontae. So that's a, that's a good point you put out there is, yeah, I do. I, I do watch this team more than I watch any other team. So I do kind of get a feel for where the players are going to. But that throw was 100% or actually not throw, but like Devontae Smith not getting the ball is 100% on Jalen. And I don't know if you'll agree with me here too, but you do see McKinney break late to go cover Devontae where yeah. he's open. So that, in my opinion, I think that opens the window more for Jalen Rager to get the ball, it, it right? Does. It would right? absolutely does. Yeah, right. Because Robinson was behind him, and I don't necessarily hate what Robinson – I thought Robinson had a, a, a pretty good game. I thought so too. Um, like, you know, he, he's kind of – he's this like he's played sparingly the first two games he's played this year because he's been out with an injury um, where it's kind of like, you know, obviously you're going to expect like a little bit of rust. And I thought this game was his best game so far. And he really shows what he can be because he's that perfect, like he's that physical guy that can play inside and outside. And I thought that he was very, very good. But on, th on this play, what I like and dislike was he was playing the end zone where he's like, Look, if they want to run up and try to make a catch, like all I'm gonna do is like, if anything, they'll catch it. But I'm tackling them, like, because he's a good tackler. He's like, they're not getting in the end zone. I'll I'll let them try to get up and get a playoff before you know, because they they have to hurry it up and right. figure it out. Like that's something that like you know is probably in the back of his mind. Um, but again, to Hertz's credit, like he sees an opportunity there. And he throws a perfect ball that only because that ball not getting picked. Like Robinson's behind him, everyone's behind him. Yeah, everyone. Um, and he there's really only one guy for Rager to beat. Like you might you might have um, 
Stevie Parker or whoever the hell. Like the Giants, <laughs> the Giants had like two like practice squad cornerbacks playing in this game later on after Adoree got hurt and Darnay Holmes got hurt. But some guy also breaking in to help out and maybe make a tackle. But no one was contesting that catch for June, right? I know. Like, no one was there. And by the time he was touched, the ball was on the ground. Exactly. So maybe he could have gotten in. But yeah. you know what? It was just going through my mind, too. Remember all those, like, videos, like, I tagged you in? And, like, I know it's training camp, but, you know, you got Rager beating Slay yeah. one-on-one, yeah. making one-handed catches in the back of the end zone. And everyone's, like, all excited for Jalen Rager. Like, he's going to prove his doubters wrong. He's been just a complete and utter disappointment. And I should I should have freaking seen it coming. I should have seen it coming. Well, no, because again, that's why we want. Like you see that, and like you're like, okay, this guy's shown me something. Like I'm ready for a breakout. Um, and sometimes it happens, but sometimes sometimes it doesn't happen, but sometimes it does. But like right. that, like again, I'm telling you right now, he is a spitting image of Evan Ingram. Now, you know what he is? He's a spitting image of Ortega Whiteside. Is what he is. Because I'll bring up this play too. Remember, uh, I don't know if you watched the game or ever even uh, um, I don't, like you know know where I'm coming from with this, but remember when the Eagles played the Lions and Carson threw a ball up and it was like pretty much the same thing, like it went through uh, Arthega Whiteside's hands. No, I I'll, I'll bring it up for you and I'll show you. And you, I'll bring it up. For you. Okay, do Arthega Whiteside drop against the Lions? I'm telling you, spitting image of what happened at the end of that freaking game. Well, but, it really does come up on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, 2019? Yep. Right, so is this when they're on, like, the seven-yard line? No, Carson threw it from, like, the 30, or, like, the 35. And it was fourth down. Okay, I'm seeing something here. Hang on. They're doing, like, they're, like, pausing and, like, showing a lot of – Yeah, no, it's cool. Stuff, do your thing. But uh, I want to wait patiently so you can see this. And it was the end of the game? End of the game. Fourth down. Even though I think that was a little, that was much more contested than Jalen's, but you know, even so, it's like a, it's like the same thing. It looks the same. Uh, you want to pull up here? Maybe because this this video okay. seems like I'll pull it up on like Google. Pausing. Roberts Lions. Okay. All right, come pop over here for a second. Oh, yikes. Right? He got the claps there. Yep. He clapped his wrists together. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But oh, it, it reminded me as soon as I saw that, just of him. Yeah. You know, crazy. But anyway, so a little disappointing too, especially with the Cowboys losing on Thanksgiving. The Eagles had a big chance to be within a game and a half of the Cowboys and make that last game of the season very interesting uh, when I go to Philly. I, I I said it to you. I was like, I have like a and, and to be, well, honestly, it's still not a realm of possibility. Um, I was like, I have a real gut feeling that the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. And this was before. I said this like it was not. It wasn't before Cowboys like their slide because they had lost a game. Um, I forget who it was. Maybe the Chiefs game, but and then they lost to the Raiders. So I was like, you know, if the Eagles win this game, like again, they have a real opportunity to somehow steal the division, which. I would have loved as much as I dislike the Eagles. Yeah, I dislike the Cowboys. My, my hatred, my hatred for NFC East teams 
flips. As a kid, I always hated the Eagles way more than I hated the Cowboys, and I hated the Cowboys. And Washington, I always hated, but I never like cared. I was just like, "Mike, you're the little brother." Exactly, dude. Like, I'm the same way with the Washington football you're, you're, team. I'm you're, the you're same just way. Like, you don't matter. Like even when yeah. you do win the it's division, like, it's like. You win the division by default, and then you get bouncing around. Yeah, you like, lost you it because we sucked this yeah, year. Yeah, that, that's and, why. Yeah, that's why you won. It's it. never because you're good. And like, I always look at them as the little brother. Um, but I, I, as a kid, and even into like the early years of college, I always hated the Eagles more. And then somewhere around like five or six years ago, something like that, it completely flip flopped. Where I'd be like. If it, if it came down to the Eagles versus the Cowboys, I would root for the Eagles to beat the Cowboys, and yeah. I would want them to win. If the Giants were out, I'd want the Eagles to win a division over the Cowboys. See, I'll be honest with you, and this is a credit to you. You changed my outlook on the Giants because, like – You have too. You have to. I when like, I, like I, I watch the Giants now yeah. even more than ever because of you. Because we review them, we go through their, you know, their horrible play or good play, whatever, yeah. whatever they do. But I would love for the – like, you're – like, Back when I was a kid, or even like you know, up to like you know, a few years ago, I wish the Giants would lose every single game. Yeah, yeah because um, I hate them that much. The same way. But you know, I you change my outlook on them. But, like, but it's I, also I don't like, hate them as much. But I really, a North Jersey kid yeah. growing up being an Eagles fan, you know, so I, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it too is like a respect for the players. Like I, uh, I was I was actually a big Carson Wentz fan um, for his. The duration of his career, obviously, you know, it's soured, but uh, um, you know, like I always kind of like, oh, he's almost at the snaps, baby. This week, this week, I always kind of like rooted for Wentz, uh, and I do the same with Hertz. Like, I kind of like, I, I kind of root for him a little bit, and like, I, I, I do that with Dak too. Like, I like Dak. Um, oh, I love Dak too. Yeah, uh, and I really just like his character as well. Um, but just, just the Cowboys as, as a whole. Um, I, I think I have more respect for Eagles fans than Cowboys fans because Eagles fans are like the Giants fans. Like we've we've talked about this. Like it's that gritty East. Like they'll like they'll criticize you more than and exactly. Like the Cowboys fans are like always the we them boys, we the best. Yeah, like right. Everyone, there's so many like you know uh, fair weather Cowboy fans are just like you know whatever. Or they come out of the woodworks when they're winning and when they're losing. There's nowhere they know where to be found. Like we're always miserable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, and it's just like they're, they're you know they're, they're the Yankees of of of, of football. Like, and that's and that's why football. like you know like every Cowboys fan, they're Yankees fans, they're Lakers yeah. fans. You know they're just. Yeah. You know. And, and I'm, I'm, we're not saying every. Like, not everyone. There, there, there's know. Cowboys Close fans to out them, there you know. that are right there with us. I get it. And like again, we're sorry that we're. We're always hating on you guys, and you guys are good. So be happy about that. You can hate on us. They're all right. But, I mean, yeah. you know, well, right now they're all right, but I think they have too much talent to slump for this much. Yeah. I so think. they're going to get it together yeah. at some point, and I think it starts Thursday against yeah. the Saints. But put it this way: opinion. I think the Cowboys are a team where, as long as they make the playoffs, they can make some noise. Right. Like, um, kind of like the kind of like the Giants, and this might even be in hindsight, but like the Giants in the you know the two thousands, where like. You know, they made the playoffs at 10 and 6, like by the skin of their teeth or whatever. But, like, once they were in, they had a team that was built for the playoffs. They did. Um, they really like, did. Again, like I said, some of it might be in hindsight because, like, the first time I wasn't expecting it. The second time um, I was expecting it a little bit more. Are you talking about the Super Bowl? But, well, but, well, Are you talking about 2011? Both, both runs no, I know. Yeah, 2011. Okay, so it's a funny story. So I was at my buddy's house, like, was this, 10, year, 10 years ago now? Holy shit, where did time go? But anyway, so 
I remember the game and like you know Eli had the ball like the two or like deep in their end zone or not not in yeah, their end zone. Zero? Yeah, it was like the it was like the last drive or something like that. And then he made the pass to Manningham on the sideline. He had that toe drop, and my friend looks over to me, who was an Eagles fan, and goes, "It's freaking happening again." <laughs> and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> that, year, that year, I expected to lose. Like I went in and I was just happy they were there. I'm like, look, we're gonna lose. Like, I thought no yeah, way yeah. Brady would let this happen. No, again. and sure like, enough, dude. Lose. So I went into that Super. The first Super Bowl, I was nuts. The, that Super Bowl, I was so like, you know what? They lose. I, I'm happy they made it this far. Right. Like, and like, just to be as great. And I had no like. And then like, uh, it was it was even before that. It was around like a little before halftime. I was like, I had that feeling. I was like, you know what? Like. I think they're going to do this again. I was like, I don't know how they're going to do it. And then, like, it, before the Manningham thing, I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong. I was like, but, you know, whatever. It's a yeah. game. And then the Manning, Manningham catch happened. I was like, it's in the bag. I do. I was like, I was like, yeah, no way. They're not going to let them. I let the Giants go down the field. That, and then that catch happened. And without missing a beat, my friend looked at me and said, it's happening yeah, again. Yeah. And sure enough, it did. So, no credit to them. The first one was electric. Uh, that was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I was very upset, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was unbelievable. And where's David Tyree? You know, he has a juice bar in Morristown. Good for him, yeah. dude. Good for him. I would go to that. Yeah, yeah. I would too. He's you awesome. He's awesome. Like, making that freaking play, dude. That's awesome. I've, I've met him a couple times. Uh, but anyway, closing statement I want to make about the game because we spent a little bit too much time on this than I wanted to. But that usually happens when we ever talk about yeah. Giants and Eagles birds, especially together. together. Yeah. So I everybody relax. Don't hate Jalen Hurts this much. Just a couple of short weeks ago, he had that great game at Denver where he was making like all the throws in the book that he was um, that you can make as an NFL quarterback. So don't hold too much weight to that and don't hold too much weight to this. Let's see what he does down the stretch. He, they're five and seven right now. I strongly believe that they're going to probably beat the Jets this weekend and Hertz is going to have a good game and that we're all going to forget about it. We're going to go into the bye week being happy. And that's that's just honestly what I think is going to happen. So it was a bad game. The Eagles didn't show up to play. Hey, it happens. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I, oh, I, sorry. I, one more thing. Yeah. Credit to the Giants defense, by the way, because they really created problems for Jalen to have this bad of a game. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I think this was uh, a bad game from the Eagles, but I don't look at it as like – because, again, I saw a lot on Giants Twitter, everyone just ripping Hurts and be like, oh, everyone was talking about Hurts is good. Like, this guy's a fraud or all this. Stuff. I was like – I was like, who, like, first off, look in the mirror, A. You you but, bring up a good point. I'm, I'll let you finish yeah, your point, but yeah. I'll, I'll say this. But I was like, this guy's been putting up, like, no matter how, he finds way to, ways to put up points, whether it's using his legs or throwing the ball. But they put up 40 points, like, a couple times this year, like, uh, or, you know, high 30s, 40s, whatever. I was like, look, they had a bad game. Josh Allen had has had multiple bad games this year. Patrick Mahomes has had multiple bad games. Lamar Jackson Lamar later that day. Later that day. Had multiple, by the way, another thing I wanted to bring up when I was talking about how it flip flops with players, like especially when I was living in Baltimore for a number of years, I despised the Ravens with Joe Flacco as a quarterback. Like I actively <laughs> would root against them. And some of it's too, you're living uh, you, all your friends are Ravens and you just kind of like, ah, yeah, you want to be like, that like, asshole in the room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope you guys lose. So I can see you guys in misery. Like I, I was that kid growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Everyone around here was huge Yankee fans. Yeah. I was like, kind of want the Red Sox to win yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Red Sox fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, um, 
but that's how it was. And then when Lamar Jackson was a quarterback, I, I will root. I always root for the Ravens. I'm like, I love watching Lamar play, and like, I actively root for the Ravens to win. And like, that's how it is. You can't say that too loud, you know, because we have Steelers fans, you know, not too far away. That's true. My dad's yeah. a Steelers fan. Yeah, my dad's also a Steelers yeah, yeah, yeah. fan too. But anyway, so another thing, what I bring up is like this game oddly resembled. Wentz's rookie year when he came into MetLife and faced the Giants, and he had a terrible game. He threw like two picks, and I remember walking out of that stadium, which is the last game I went to in MetLife. No, I'm sorry. Well, not the last game I went to in MetLife, but the last Giants game I went to. And everyone's like, oh, of course it's Wentz. I can't wait to play him every year for the next, like, you know, X amount of years and all this kind of crap. And then he comes up the next year and throws like 33 touchdown passes, seven interceptions, gets the knee injury, and then the rest is history. But anyway, that I had him on my fantasy did you have him on your fantasy team? Took him to a uh, championship. Yeah, because oh, well, that, yeah. that's awesome. But not to say, you know, Hurts, because Hurts, nonetheless, he does lack arm talent. So you got to make up for it in some kind of way. And maybe that arm talent could get better. Maybe they'll find a way to, you know, fix his footing and his throws and, you know, get some more velocity on his throws. But as of right now, you see the arm talent be very inconsistent. So I don't know. I just think this uh, – I don't know. The game just reminded me of when Wentz went into his rookie year in a MetLife and had a terrible game. So we'll, we'll see how he rebounds. He's got what five five games left, something like that. I think. Right? Yeah, I believe yeah. So. so he's got he's got another game at Met back to back games at MetLife. By the way, I know. Isn't that crazy? crazy. So they could have just you know stayed around the area. Well, I think, anyway, I think they'll bounce back. Well, I they think they are in the area. I think they'll hundred percent bounce back, and I think Hurts is gonna have a big game in the world doing jaw jumping jacks and. Yeah. They're probably going to win when they come out of the bye too against Washington, but you know, whatever. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. But I think they're going to put the uh, put the hurt, no pun intended, on the on the Jets this weekend. So, Connor, with that with that said, that was my closing statement on the uh, the Birds Giants game. Do you have anything else to go about that? Or are you good? I really don't. I, I think like again, more of the same uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I'd like to see. You know, Freddie kind of opened it up a little bit more next week. I don't expect, you know, I expect steady changes, um, but I, I'm very impressed with the defense. Patrick Graham continues to do Patrick Graham things, which I love. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's a good coordinator, dude. Oh, great. So, like, one last thing about the Giants, too, because I feel like I talked too much Eagles, and I didn't really talk about how some things on the Giants I like. So – I think the early report that – actually, two early reports came out. I'm sorry. Just things come to mind when I keep going. Uh, Ian Rappaport came out and said that the Eagles like what they've seen thus far from Jalen and everything's coming to fruition where they want. It's Jalen Hurts for the future, and they get to use the next three on, you know, other players other than the quarterback, which, thanks, Ian. I really need you to report yeah, yeah, that, yeah. obviously. Well, I, honestly, some teams like the Giants, like I, I'd feel a little bit more yeah. safe hearing that. Now, part two of that was um, – I forget who reported, but someone reported that – Dave Gettleman is obviously out this year. He's finishing out his last couple games and such. But, I mean, is Joe Judge – I, I, I was ready to give up on Joe Judge, but, you know, is he the type of guy you let go and then he becomes a good coach elsewhere? You know? Um, well, so my, my, always been my like my thing with Joe Judge and really any other coach that it's like their first time being a head coach. And not that you usually see like – special teams like coaches become a head coach right away, making that jump. But any coach that's a first time head coach, like they might have some struggles and like, but they get sort of a feel, they learn some things. And like, I, like I could, like I could see Joe judge and anyone, any coach like that for that matter in five years or in every coach, different three years, 10 years, whatever, turn into a good head coach. And yeah. maybe even next year he does. 
Um, so like, like I, I, I'm not closing the door that he'll never be a good head coach or he'll never be a head coach again. Like I definitely think he will. Um, but in terms of the giants, he's staying, whether people like it or not, like he, he is staying and Mara is coordinating his GM search around Joe judge. See and what people, I only bring that up because normally, of course, when you get rid of a GM, you know, you get rid of everything. Yeah. When did Dave Gettleman become general manager? Was it 2016? Because they're year five of rebuild, right? 17, no, year four. Year four? Okay, I thought, I thought it was year five because I was just thinking, like, you know, they got rid of Jerry Reese and then they get Dave Gettleman in here. And the last year they went to the playoffs was 20. No, wait, I think it was 2016 because they went to fire Reese after a playoff appearance, right? No, I think, um, let's see, maybe it was 2018 or 2017. Let me see. He has been 2018. Yeah. 2018. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair yeah, enough. Saquon was his first. That was his first. Yeah, that was a mistake. Oh, yeah. Huge, mis- huge mistake. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, no, no, I just bring that up just a little food for thought because I think the Giants have been bad for too long and they're too much of a very respected franchise to be this bad for this long. So I just think that, you know, you know, Mara's not stupid either. He sees what everyone says about him, that he's incompetent and all that kind of stuff. And Tish kind of just sits there drinking his very expensive bourbon. Yeah, Tish is movie guy. Yeah, and then that's really it. And But I just think that maybe they'll go with a whole different direction, just get everyone new in there, like fire everyone, ball boy, everything. Here's the issue from what I'm hearing. The issue, but also could turn it to be a blessing because I was reading a report the other day that was saying that the Giants want to continue their GM search with guys that are somehow connected to the Patriots organization, mainly because of um, like Joe Judge and how that all connects together, which I think is ridiculous. I think those guys are all connected, especially the inner circle of oh, owners. But, but you know, Rooney, Kraft, oh, yeah. you know, well, Rooney Mara. and Rara are like, I know. They're like related. I know, um, I know. But uh, but like they, they want somebody from that like Patriots tree, to, like, which again, I think it's stupid to like center around it. If it happens to be the right fit, sure. And I was like, this is ridiculous. But then I also like found out like how many guys have some sort of connection to that. And I was like, okay. And then I found out the guy who I want, Mike Borgonzi, who is the VP and I think assistant GM, he's the VP of uh, uh, personnel with Kansas city. And I think like assistant G like whatever the hell these, uh, these titles are these days, but assistant that's, to the my, assistant that's the guy that I want. And he actually somehow comes from New England, and, and I, I don't know when he was with them, but I was like, if they can get a guy like Borgonzi, I will be very, very pleased. I Yeah, man, I, I can see that totally happening too. I mean, I, I've, I'm not totally happening, but I can see that as being a, something to yeah, be I happy about. Like exciting, happening. excited. I I, that would be the smart thing, so I don't see uh, it happening. I don't know. I just think that the head coaching candidates should be more people should take away from that Andy Reid coaching tree, you know? 100%. Like, and then not to say that. Tree, yeah. It's the Andy Reid. Because you got two good know. coaches brewing from there right now. Kafka is very much respected that he's going to be the next big guy. And the enemy. Yeah, and, that, and that's just right now. Think about all the guys that are out there that are coaching now and that have come from his tree. Or, you know, even like Doug Peterson, say what you will about him, won a Super Bowl. Like, won a Super Bowl, and a lot of that was him, like, you know, doing that. But, like, Sean McDermott. Good coach. A- Andy Reid. Uh, John Harbaugh. Andy Good coach, Reed. yep. 
Um, Ron, Ron Rivera. Yeah, Ron Rivera. Andy yeah. Reid. Good coach. Brad Childress. Yep. I mean, he was Matt, all right. Yeah. And, but here's the thing: is like then there's guys like Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy had a lot of success as an offensive, like an offensive coordinator for a while. Um, and then obviously, you know, with the Bears, like it's just gone. Sour, yeah, I think, but I think I think the Ryan Pace is actually I, I the big problem. Lot, there. I think that has something to do with it, but I also think Nagy's kind of. I, I, I don't I don't know, but Nagy was a good coach for, and he was a sought after guy. Like a lot of people were like, he yeah. was a rising star for when he went to the Bears. I remember when like, okay, this is yeah. where the Bears start I becoming know. serious like, again. You know, he, he he was like that guy. But Todd Bowles, another one. Yeah, dude, um, Todd Bowles, Pat Shermer. Which I mean, outside of the Giants, he's been a good like. Yeah, and again, the Giants. He look got what, the shit end of the stick. Look what he did with Case Keenum with the Vikings. Look what he did with Daniel, Daniel Jones. Yeah, his rookie year almost broke. The should have if he played a full year, it would have broke the rookie record. That's another thing too with Daniel Jones. Like I want, I want to make sure like he gets like you know a good opportunity and stuff. And he has had good opportunities, but he doesn't throw enough touchdown passes. No, he has ten touchdown passes. It's that, that's ridiculous. No, it's twelve it's, weeks it's into the season. Abs- absolutely ridiculous. It's, yeah, that that's insane. And you have nine interceptions. You know. Well, but, but still, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but no, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And like, but this, but this is what I'm saying is his rookie year, he had 24 touchdown passes in 14 games under Pat Shermer, and then the next two years under Jason Garrett, and I'm still counting this year under Jason Garrett, he's had 11 touchdowns in a full year and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, Garrett year. had like what three quarters of the season, so yeah. Like so, I mean, you can see like there's something there, and like. I know. I mean, there, there, there's a, there's an issue there, and I'm not putting it all on Garrett. Like, you know, Jones does like deserve some of the blame, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I've just seen so much of the offense like under a microscope under Jason Garrett, where I'm just like, I don't know what quarterback could succeed. I mean, sure, the superstars could make it work, but they would be less of a quarterback than they are where they in their respective place. I, I would agree right. with that. I would 100 agree with that. Yeah. And if if the you know the like the pathway to this you know Giants future is Daniel Jones. Then you got to get a guy who's like with quarterbacks, like a Joe Brady, you know Eric Bieniemy, uh, you know a Mike Kafka, even as we just Dable, mentioned before. Dable, Dable I, would I be awesome. Dable would be awesome. Look what he! Oh my God, what he did with Josh Allen that, is not mentioned enough. That's what they have to like. They you know, have from what to like fifty percent completion and, percentage to like and, seventy. And, and they're. Joe, whatever, Joe Shern or something like Showing or whatever. He's the Bills, like a quarterback coach. No, he's the Bills assistant GM. No, okay. Um, he's one of the okay. candidates that's out there. I was like, you bring him in, maybe like those he's are like, see, now we're thinking. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, this is the smart thing to do if you're John Mara. You got to like, pry guys from these good drafting organizations. Exactly. That's all you got to do. I mean, and the guys, not only just the drafting, but the guys that know what coaches to put in place for certain players to benefit certain players because like what they've done so far, like none of these coaches outside of Patrick Graham who gets the best out of, but I mean, I think they kind of look because that was more of a Joe judge thing. Jason Garrett was not Joe judge's guy. They hired Jason Garrett before. Like actually, you know what? I'm funny. Bring that up. I did not know that until they mentioned that I read, I read online like, a week or two ago or something like that. There, Joe Judge did not want there, Jason there, Garrett. There was a rumor that said Mara yeah, wanted Garrett. Yeah, but there was a rumor that was Joe Judge wanted Garrett gone after last year. Wow. Like, 
He didn't want to bring him. He didn't want See, him on the staff. But if if you have that going on, doesn't that already, there's no writing on the wall? Already, like, yeah. You know, and then you make him stick around yeah. and stuff. But, but, that, and but that's the other thing too. Like, clap. Then, you then know, why, like if 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 he if there was a rumor about that, then like for Mara or Gettleman, like a why keep Garrett or B why are you so intent on keeping Joe Judge because it's one or the other at that point and like. Not that like I'm good with See, either of them gone, but like you know something's up there. Why do you continue? And it didn't work, so why do you continue doing it? I I think you know maybe maybe they just don't know what they want to do yet. They don't. The only thing they do they know that what they want to do is get rid of Gentleman, yeah. and and that's what they're that's what they're hundred percent going to yeah. do. All right. So anyway, yeah. I think that, that I think that concludes yeah. Yeah. with the Giants Eagles yeah. talk. I think our first hour in, yeah. man, almost nearly. So, I mean, so, sorry, non-Giants. Yeah, Giants. so you know, I, I should, you know, I was actually thinking we were going off on these tangents that we should have started it. Yeah. Like, hey, if you're not interested in the first hour of this pod and Giants and Eagles talk, yeah. then just fast forward yeah, to fast you know forward. 56, 56 uh, minute mark. But uh, anyway, so let's get into some some stuff that stuck out to us in Week Twelve, other than the Giants and the Eagles. And uh, Connor, like, uh, what, what do you want to start with? Um, but yeah, with all that said, uh, we're we're gonna get into our our three players that stood out to us this past week. Oh yeah, um, baby! The good and the bad. I'm gonna handle my three good players, and Tom's gonna handle the three bad players. Which is more fun to talk about? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> you it, know, it, it is. It is <laughs> because um, you know, we, I feel like we always talk about, oh God, this player is just great this week. Blah blah blah. Okay, you know what? Let's go for the maybe you should be benched. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So the first one I'm going to start off with it's it's going to be a quick one because um, I know you guys are probably tired of hearing about uh, you know Giants stuff, um, but I just want to point out is Xavier McKinney is turning into uh, a star, which is what was pretty much expected of him when they drafted him coming out of Alabama. Um, but he is really, especially after Jabril Peppers went down, he is really taking charge of the free safety position. And even, I guess you could say, Logan Ryan being out too. But he has been phenomenal the past couple of weeks. I mean, he has five interceptions on the year. Um, he probably could have had six. Uh, he probably could have had another one against the Eagles. But yeah. that game against the Eagles, he led uh, all defensive players with eight tackles, uh, two pass deflections. He had the pick, which was a big pick um, in that game. Um, on the year, uh, he he's real. I mean, he's really turned it on uh, the last few weeks. But he has. Uh, let me see. What does he have overall? Uh, uh, sorry, he has sixty-one uh, combined tackles. Uh, you know. Uh, 39 solo tackles. Uh, he has five interceptions, a touchdown, 64 yards, uh, and and nine pass deflections, which is very very good. And then on like you know just the more analytical side, uh, he you know Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the second uh, best uh, safety in the league right now. Um, he's tied for first in interceptions. He has a 76.7 overall grade. He's been great against the run. He's been great in coverage, uh, you know, 78.3 grade. Um, and he's just really, really stood out to me um, 
this year and these past couple of weeks and just looks like a star in the making. And uh, I, I think I think he, he, he should make the Pro Bowl. As it stands right now, obviously a lot can change in the last couple of games, but right. uh, I, I think he should uh, make the Pro Bowl this year. Um, so that's that's my one guy uh, there. My next player, which is kind of funny. Oh, you want to go one for one? I, what do you want? Let's go one for one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go with my first bat, and you guys thought we were done talking about Eagles and Giants. Jalen Rake. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. You guys already know how I feel about him. So the first stop I want to make is the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, who are the Chargers? Like, I, I thought the Chargers were going to be this big powerhouse team. And, I mean, they're, they're having good seasons. I mean, Herbert's a good, like probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They got Austin Eckler in the backfield. They got, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They got freaking Rashawn Slater, who probably might be one of like the biggest, like you know, best offensive line, best offensive line in the league, and probably one of the big hits on in the rookie draft this past season. Yeah. And Derwin James is in the probably talk to receive an All Pro this year. Yeah. So Joey Bosa, they have on the defensive line. It's just I don't understand it. To only put up 13 points against the Denver Broncos is just it, it's insane. I think they should be doing more than this, and they're playing down to their opponents. Not to say Denver is terrible, but, I mean, it is a divisional game. They could get a little wacky and stuff yeah. like that. So maybe it's something like that. But, but I mean, I the mean, Chargers put up a dud. You don't know what you're going to get yeah. every week, and that's just frustrating because they're a team that, you know, we say that, you know, with, like, the Eagles and Giants, for example, you don't know what you're going to get every week. Sometimes you may see something good, and sometimes you might want to turn off the TV and turn our reruns of, like, what's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know? But the Chargers, you know, they have the talent there to be a good team. They but should yet, be a good team. They should. And I don't know what we had for prediction-wise, but I think we had them possibly even winning the division or getting close to the division. I, I had them like, it was either 13 or and 4 or either way, five. Yeah, either way, we both had them behind the, yeah. the Chiefs, maybe a game or two, if that. Maybe. But, you know, it's just – I don't know who they are. I don't know either. And, and like, it's been very – you know, I, I had them as – there's a lot of Super Bowl contenders this year. Um, but they were one of them for me. And right now, like, I'm not afraid of this team if I'm any of those other teams in the AFC. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't be either. And the Raiders are staying hot. Yeah. Well, actually not staying hot. They've had a few couple of dozies past yeah, couple yeah. weeks. But, hey, you know what? They won on Thanksgiving in Dallas where no one expected them to. And the Chiefs are starting to get a roll on. The Chiefs' defense is actually starting to look a little bit better, man. They, yeah. So they, yeah. they got to start, you know, doing something here. Brandon yeah. Staley, who was like the, you know, Sean McVay, like the wonder boy. Like, you know, next big coach in this league. So, I don't know. But, I mean, even even still, like, Denver like Denver's not even, like, full. I, I mean, this isn't in terms of, like, who will win the division, but, like, more so, like, you know, the Chargers could potentially even finish last. I don't think that will happen, but I, who knows at this point. They Honestly, it's a very good division. Yeah. It's a very yeah, good division. It's shocking so. because it's never really been, like, the last couple of years it's been – the, the Chiefs, and then before that, it's, it was the Broncos with, you know, Peyton Manning. Right. Um, but, like, now it's everyone. And they're too talented of a team to be like, hey, we're going to look back on this Chargers season and be like, okay, well, they underperformed, but they did win against Kansas City in week three yeah. or whatever it was. Like, okay, that's not that's not going to do you any good. Yeah. So, I don't know. And then we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what they do down the stretch here. But, like I said, to begin this, they're too talented to be underperforming like this. They should be much better than this. Um, my next guy is Jalen Phillips um, on the Miami Dolphins, which ah. if you listened to our last episode, we were uh, not criticizing him, but saying, like, where is he? Like, you know, I feel like 
I, I, I thought I personally had him as the best edge rusher in this class, this past class. I thought he was uh, the best one. I think the main concern with him was his concussion history, but I thought, you know, if he can stay in the field, he's going to be a force. Um, and this year, like, I really haven't like seen him or noticed him at all. And then I think you listened to our podcast because he came out guns a blazing uh, against the Panthers with three sacks, uh, a, te- um, uh, a pass deflection, and four quarterback hits. I mean, he balled out. Like, he had an Aiden Hutchinson game. What was like the top-rated pass yeah. rusher this yeah. past week on PFF? Yeah. Yeah, he and, was. Um, and, I mean. Speak like, of the freaking devil, huh? Like, exactly. Like, he can't make it up. And that's something, you know, that's something you got to point out. Like, uh, good good for him, and hopefully he can keep this momentum going because, I mean, that Miami defense has been rolling the past few weeks. Um, so, good on good on Jalen Phillips. I don't really have much else to really say on it, but three sacks, three sacks. Like, we'll take it. I'll say this, man. I uh, am – I'm, I'm also encouraged to see the Dolphins doing well, but I'm also very disappointed to see the Dolphins doing well because I want that first-round draft pick to be as horrible as possible, and it's just not going to be. So I think uh, this could this yeah. could be a mid-first-round pick. Yeah. Um, so, and I, that's okay. I, yeah. And that's okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. So I'll jump into the next thing, and uh, the one thing I wanted to point out, we probably should have pointed this out a little a little sooner, is uh, Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we both didn't have these guys as being, you know, top of the division. We both expected a regressing type of year, but based on Ben, Jesus, Ben can't even throw. I'm saying it's it's looking like like Peyton that last year, where I mean, not, like not even, I think it's worse right. than that extent, but um. Because at least, like, I mean, it, it's kind of like similar circumstances where, like, you know, Peyton just had all those injuries kind of, like, piling on, and Ben just had all those injuries and stuff. But I'm like, it's it's tough to watch. Like, you just like, – I know. You don't expect anything. When you watch that offense, you're like, just give the ball to Najee, please. Like, yeah, and, and, like, they, they didn't even weapons. do that. They, like, they have, they have weapons, but, like, you just don't expect, like, them to get the ball because Ben can't – Oh, you can't. He I can't mean, Deontay Johnson is the only bright spot that I see here. Yeah. To be quite honest, like, just can't play. Claypool. Claypool. Claypool's been good too, but again, like Claypool, like he can't succeed with a guy like Ben. Yeah. And like, and I like Fryermuth too, but I, I love Pat Fryermuth. I think he's been great. And we both don't think the Steelers are a good team, but are they really forty-one to ten well, bad I, I compared to the I, Bengals? I don't, I don't think they're a, a bad team necessarily. I think they have a bad O line. And I think Ben Roethlisberger's bad. I think their defense is good. Like, are they the top defense in the league? No, but I think their defense. Cam Hayward's having you know one of his best years. This Cam year. Hayward is yeah. just one of the most underrated players. In the yeah, league. and I mean you know you have T.J. Watt, um, mm-hmm. you have Devin Booker. Like you have you have guys that what's his face? Um, Mika. Uh, yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick. Patrick, who I love. Do you like Joe Hayden? I, he's been having a good year. I, I like Joe Hayden yeah, too. Yeah. I always think that he's like done, like oh, he's too old now. But he's having a good year. Like, he is. Uh, but, I remember when he came out of Florida, dude. His wingspan was just ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, like I, we said it before, and um, I, I think I think I was a little bit higher on the Steelers than you were. Like, yeah, you were. You, you were expecting like just shit, which I I think we. You saw seen. it coming, dude, because I, I, Ben was just awful I, last year. I said I said it's all dependent on. Ben and I mean I said the offensive line because it, the offensive line was more of an unknown, but now we know it's bad because um, like they lost all those guys and you're like like well they lose all these guys but you see a lot of these teams that have always had good offensive lines like 
you know, the, the Packers, for example, they lose all these guys and they have all these late round picks and undrafted free agents that are balling out right now. I know. And like filling in for those lost guys and they're they're good. So um, you know, the Ravens, another team like that, um, the Eagles, uh, the Cowboys, you know, uh, the Colts, but that offensive line's bad. Ben is cooked, done, and this is what I expect with, with that. Like this is what I expect because you just can't. There's nothing you can do there. What what, what what's the old Rex Ryan quote that quote that he said was if you're already if you're already thinking about retirement you're already retired. retired. Yeah, you know Dana White so, said that for UFC. Dana, like, yep. If you're thinking about retirement, retire because exactly. you will not succeed if that's in the back of your mind. Exactly, and that that shows actually yeah. here. And I know I wanted to go through and say what's bad, but. I think it's time for us both to admit that maybe we were wrong about Trey Hendrickson. Because he's having a he, really – Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. 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 we like, thought we, like, thought we thought it was kind of like a I, signing where I it's know. like, eh, I wouldn't give that much money, you know, that kind of thing. At, but at first, really I, good. at first I was like, like wait, did we say – Did I word that good? terribly? No, 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 you didn't. I, but, was like, I was like, wait, did we say he was good and you're, you're implying he's bad? Because I was like, he's balling out right no, now. But no, I was, no, But I was like, but I was like oh, yeah, that's right. We were, we were questioning that signing. We were. It was like for a boatload of money. And I was like – He's a fine like piece to have, but like I was like, I don't know about that money. Like, I mean, he hasn't really, you know, he had he had that one good year last year that was like, you know, could be a flash in the pan. Yeah. Because like, you see like those like Kyler Fackrell guys and like you know, guys, I'm just using those Giants for example there, but um, we can't stop. You, yeah, <laughs> but, you, but you see those guys that have like those one good year, and you're like, oh, maybe there's something there. Um, but then it's like it's really just a flash in the pan. And that's all they do, right? But no, Trey Hendrickson has been. I mean, first off, the Bengals' defense has been well, very good. That's what I said because obviously my family is like all Steelers fan and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, oh my god, this is atrocious, and it was atrocious. Yeah. But you know, the Bengals are a good all around team. But then at the back of my mind, I have: Are they really thirty one points better than the, the Steelers? You know? Yeah, but like honestly, like I don't think they are. I don't, I don't know if they are, but, like, dare I say, the Bengals could very well win this division. Yeah. They're one game behind the Ravens, and, like, I, I think the Ravens will hold on and win the division, but, like, I, I think the Bengals are better than the Browns. I don't know, man. The, uh, the Ravens could have a bigger strength of schedule because they're playing a first-place uh, first, um, schedule. I know. To I, finish yeah. out the year, yeah, I think. So, so. I, 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 I would expect the Ravens to hold on, but, again, like, look at that game – Against the Browns last week. I mean, you, if you if you turn the ball over four times to this Bengals offense, like they're putting up points. And the thing is, the Bengals defense they're scoring points. Yep. Like, so I, I don't know. The Bengals are seven and four right now. They're a game back of, of the Ravens. Like I've seen crazier things happen. Like, I, I have too. And we have the Chargers coming to Bengals next week, and, and the Ravens going to Steelers. And look at this. I mean, obviously this past week helps this tremendously like a lot a lot but point differential the ravens are plus 23 guess what the bengals are uh plus 70 83 damn it as soon as you brought as soon as you brought it up i thought it was gonna be something like astronomical but you know that's they are i think fifth or sixth in the league in point differential wow and that's behind teams like the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, um, uh, the Patriots, and the Bills. Gotcha. Yeah, they're 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 fifth, fifth or sixth. Okay, that's yeah. still that's still that's still pretty good though. That's, I mean, that's, that's actually that's really very good. good. That, that's very, awesome, very, man, very, actually. Very yeah. 
So I don't know. I just don't think that they're 31 points, uh, you know, worse than the Steelers, honestly. 31 points better than the Steelers. Oh, sorry. 31 points better than the Steelers. I thought maybe maybe this is Ben coming off COVID a little bit. Maybe that could maybe that could be a, I mean, a ben, thing. Ben took that all year. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do you got for me next? Um, so my last player, and this is like a guy that, you know, it's – it's almost like, oh, of course, but like we haven't, like I feel like we haven't really talked about him that much, and I think he's like we're at that point where it's like, okay, like, we have to like seriously talk about what like the impact this guy has, and that's Debo Samuel. Ah, uh, you know what? I was debating on bringing up Debo, but then I looked at his like you know this past week's game, and he did more rushing than he did catching. So that's, I was like, that's the point. I know that I know that is the point, but like I was like, eh, there was times where we could have brought up Debo a little earlier than this and stuff. So I, I don't know, I stayed away. Plus, yeah. I was going with the bat anyway. So yeah, 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 exactly. But like, I mean, and he fits perfectly in with Shanahan, where they can use him in the running game because Shanahan loves running the football. Right. Um, so it makes sense. But I mean, this guy, like, so I'll be honest. Here's my thought before this season with Debo. I really liked Debo out of South Carolina. Um, I think I was a little concerned about his neck because he had like a pretty bad neck injury in college that it was like one of those like, oh, this could you know be a lingering thing or come back if he gets another injury, it could be it. Um, so I was like a little like hesitant on like where he goes or where they pick him. Um, but I was like, it, you know, if he stays the course, he could be he could be a good asset. I did not see this, and even like last year, I was like. I kind of had that like, oh, like, is it, did he have one good year or can he consistently do this? Especially in an offense like San Francisco where anyone, it can change at the drop of a hat where it's anyone's game or anyone's season. Like, look, I mean, look at Ayuk, who's picked it up a little bit lately. Can you say his name again? I, I, I no, I, I just like it. Ayuk. Come on. Ayuk. 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 Yeah, but. Um, I love it. But, I mean, he has just been lights out this year he had one catch for 12 yards he had six carries for 66 yards and two touchdowns and so far this year he has 56 catches for a thousand yards and five touchdowns so he has a thousand yards already in 11 games a thousand yards even on a thousand six okay all right on only 56 catches which is the, the crazy part to me so it's yak and like those big plays uh and that's and that that's catching Rushing, he has um, – let me see. Rushing, he has 25 rushes for 203 yards and five touchdowns. So he has 10 total touchdowns, um, and he's got 1,200 yards total. Can you hear that? Yeah. It's the sound of my Trey Sermon stock just taking a dive I, in my dynasty league. I, just, I thought about <laughs> trading for him, and I was yeah. like, you know what? Like, I can't, I can't trade for – like anyone on San Francisco, like that's running the ball because I mean, look at Elijah Mitchell, twenty-seven carries for a buck thirty-three in a tub. Like, yeah, he he might be the guy moving forward now. Like, yeah, dude, that's that really sucks. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Screw me, right? Yeah. All right, so I'll get into my last one, and that's going to be the Los Angeles Rams as a whole. Ugh. So they have had, well, actually, no, they haven't had decent games. I mean, they got Cooper Cup playing very well, but did you know that the uh, Detroit Lions had a better record in November than the Los Angeles Rams. That's the Lions went 0-2 and 1. The Rams went 0-3. Oh, 
<sighs> Isn't that crazy? Oh. But yeah, I mean, the Rams, uh, I, I hate to, I mean, they, they didn't run into like really outworldly teams. I mean, I think the Packers are beatable. And I think the, I think any team that the Rams play are beatable. beatable. Right. But they just don't show up for them, you know? But, and but Stafford I mean, is not making good plays. Here, here's, here's the thing is it's all hitting them because Stafford is looking bad. Their defense is getting torched. First off, Von Miller, like, where you at? 0-3 since Von Miller. Where, where you at? Yeah. But, I mean, but there there might even be a little bit. I'm not going to put it all on Von Miller, but there might be some correlation there because Von Miller has been a ghost. I know. And we're thinking, but, like, when the Rams make the trades for all these veterans and stuff, that this could be the new way of building, like, a, a, a super team in, like, the NFL. So everybody's looking at this team to see how they do, and it has not panned out well. I mean, you got Odell not doing anything of much. I mean, he had a really nice touchdown yeah. catch. But he's dealing with a hip in, hip injury yeah, right now. Sure. You know, same old story. I know. And then, I mean, I, th- I like Van Jefferson. I think Van Jefferson's a pretty good receiver. Yeah. And um, Darrell Henderson, he's also dealing with a hip injury too as well. Um, and like you said, the defense has just been awful. Yeah, their defense has been getting, like, torched. I mean, I know. Rodgers threw for three hundo. And that game was like – I mean, it, it came down to like, – it came down to it, but, like, that game was pretty much controlled by Green Bay the entire time. Like – you know, the Rams had 11 points in the fourth quarter to make it interesting, but, like, the, the Packers were in control of that game, so it wasn't like, you know, they were really throwing the ball after the third quarter much. Right. Um, and Rodgers put up 300. Um, you know, I'm looking at the stat line right now. Do you hold any weight to A.J. Dillon getting more touches than Aaron Jones? I absolutely do. Wow. I was, I was literally just looking at were that. Were you? Show. Okay. Two, two to one ratio. Yeah. Um, I – and, and he had he had five better. catches too. Yeah. And Jones had none. I like I I I know for, I know this for a fact. They really like AJ Dillon up there, and I'm not gonna like. Look, Aaron Jones has been unbelievable. There He's a good back. Couple of years, yeah. So like, top, I, top five back. I don't really know what this transition means, but it's something to look at because again, like. There's a lot of circumstances where you're like, oh, it's like, is this next guy better than the guy we have now? Because usually that guy will be average or maybe he'll do enough to be like that and get you by. But we might have something better. Like, I really love A.J. Dillon. But, like, it's also like, what has Aaron Jones done wrong to kind of, to like, deserve this? Because I think A.J. Dillon is great. And I love how he runs. I think it's perfect for them. Change of pace. But, like, 20 carries, 10 you. carries, and then also – He looks like Eddie George out there. I'm telling you. Like, he does. Aaron Jones had zero catches. He had one target. A.J. Dillon had five targets and five catches. Yep. And Eddie George is perfect. Right? He looks I, – I, immediately when I see him running the ball, it just reminds yeah. me of just the stocky just yeah. dude just yeah. – could do everything. Yeah. So, but the fact that he catches, like – Yeah. And I think I think the, the Packers got the memo late. They should have not paid Jones. And they should have allocated a resource to get another top receiver in there to go pair with Devontae Adams. And then you have A.J. Dillon back there, and you have a pretty dynamic offense, dude. And I'm happy with my fantasy team doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I traded yeah. – I, I picked him up by dynasty. I traded a second-round pick for him, and I'm very happy with Yeah, that. you should be happy with that. You, you 100% should be happy yeah. with that. So, anyway, do you have a last one to go, or you went with oh, all three already? And that was And that was me on yeah. uh, the Rams. Okay, so – you have anything else to add? Are you you good for this uh, this segment here? I think I'm all good. On this all segment. right. Anything else you want to talk about? Go about, or just want to make our picks and call it a day? Yeah, let's, let's make our picks. All right, let's do that. Yeah. 
All right, guys. So that concludes this episode of Beers on the Gridiron. And uh, I'm Tommy Tomatoes. We got Connor the Cat over here, respectively, Hello. on the other side. So uh, we're going to conclude this episode and we're going to make our week 13 already picks. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.